This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Alan Bayer, the coach, a, a coach and consultant with the Who Am I Answer. Alan, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. We're also going to talk with Ralph Gable Crowder, the Director of Community Engagement with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, serving South Texas. Gable, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You bet. In studio with us today is Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity and achieve their goals. Heather, welcome back to the show. Always glad to be here. I almost feel like you should do the intros on some of these, right? <laughs> I'm always saying, Heather, well, I want to see how she introduces me. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. Is she going to be like, Mark, welcome back to the show? <laughs> it's like, I feel like I'm always here. Take it away, Mark. And I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring low-cost admin specialists virtually um, and social media experts from outside the United States, which is how I've built my entire entire company. We just hired a lead generation specialist uh, this past week because we're looking to get into that. We need it for our company, but then also I know we've had some conversations about mm-hmm. that too about bringing in uh, somebody who can generate leads and lists, and then we have telemarketers call and generate appointments. It's a nice flow. I'm excited mm-hmm. about where that leads. A quick reminder for our, com- our listeners that you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you're a business owner in the San Antonio area and like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804. And I just changed my Facebook business page to from Mark Ebinger radio host to podcast host. Oh, there you Since go. Since I'm not That's on the good. radio, I was on the radio for the mm-hmm. longest time, but um, now I'm just doing podcasts, which I like. Yeah, so. More relevant to the times, too. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. And I like this studio much better than the other one too. Yeah. It was like the equipment was falling apart at that at the radio station. It's like, come on. I know you guys make enough money to fix this stuff. <laughs> at any rate, um, so I thought would uh, you know, with you guys both here, you guys care about um, you know, people. Mm-hmm. You're you're yeah. both very people centered, right? You know, uh, raising kids correctly, giving them proper mentorship, and then in the employee. Um, you know, our business culture and the company culture, we got to take care of our employees. So when company or when employees are looking for companies, that's really what's happening these days. They have more of a selection. Um, Heather, what do you think that they're looking for when it comes to choosing a company? What would be the top of your list? You think? I mean, we don't work with, I mean, we do work with employees, but I mostly work with business owners. And I think the perception of what you think employees want and what they actually want can be a little skewed. Uh, for the most part, from what I've gleaned online, uh, most employees are looking for a living wage and something they can buy into that's bigger than just their role and then transparency as well. They they want to know where they stand with people and they want to know what it takes to win in their roles. And if you can give them that and pay them something that is livable, then a lot more people will stay, but that doesn't send, t- tend to be how it is a lot of the time in corporate America. Yeah, when it comes to getting kids prepared for the workplace, uh, you know, character is a place that you guys really focus in on. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think that the kids nowadays, as they're coming into that working age at 16 and so forth, because you guys work from 6 to 16, right? 6 to 16 with the kids. So, But preparing them for the workplace is something that's going to be kind of inherent in that process. What are they looking for? What are kids looking for these days in a workplace? 
Well, I'm I'm going to say with kids and with anybody is culture, like the culture wherever they're going to be, because uh, a lot of the kids that comes through where we are, you know, they're single parent homes. But at the same time, with uh, big brothers and big sisters, we set them up with that mentor, and that mentor is going to push them to where they need to be. So culture is is huge with the kids that come through. They want to know that they're taken care of. They want to know that they can you know communicate. They can actually you know be be fair. You know, have fairness and also humor. You know, a sense of humor is, is huge with a lot of the kids. and want to be able to, you know, have that humor, but know when they turn it on, when it's time for them to do their job or be an adult or whenever they actually start going to school or doing whatever they need to do. It's really about being more human, right? Mm-hmm. And, Alan, as you, so you're dealing with a lot of workplace type, you know, that age range where they're in the workplace, you're dealing with business owners. Um, what What's really causing them to choose uh, – a company over another company. What do you think is the top of that list? Now, I'm not talking about healthcare. I'm, I'm talking about culture in that culture space. Why would they choose one over the other in a more practical sense? The culture is really important. And as you know, um, well, Gallup is huge. I, I pulled this off this morning after our discussion on Friday, but um, business units with engaged workers have 23% higher profit compared with business units with miserable workers. That means that you've got thriving workers that see significantly lower absenteeism, um, turnover, and access um, accidents, and they also see higher customer loyalty. So they're looking for a culture that they can contribute that's um, something that they enjoy going to. Um, some of the other statistics is that you got 16% actively disengaged. They're actively sabotaging the business. And when they're going in, that means that they don't like the culture. They don't like where they're at. They're getting their paycheck, but they're loyal enough to stick with it. So it's like almost a tear down mentality. Would mm-hmm. you agree with that, Heather? Yeah, it's like I'm miserable. So it kind of infects everybody yeah. around. And it's hard for even engaged or even just kind of middle of the road employees to feel good about coming in when there's someone who's just either not doing what they're supposed to be doing or is actively miserable, and then it just kind of seeps out around them. Let's talk about teams for just a minute. So, uh, you know, again, I think this is very, very appropriate because, like in my company, I think we have 28 uh, employees now. There are teams, right? There's social media (laughs) team. There's the outsourced VA team. There's, you know, podcast team. So Mm -hmm. we know teams, but fostering that team dynamic, right, without actually pitting teams against each other in a negative way. But fostering that team dynamic is super important. And it really starts, if they can learn that when they're younger, how to participate in a team atmosphere. What are your thoughts on that, Gable? Oh, well, great thoughts. Uh, So, you know, with us, with Big Brothers and Big Sisters, we have the workplace mentoring program. And that's where that we team up a company with a school. Normally, we start right in middle school. And they go to the company and they're provided like one time a month to see exactly what the company does. Mm-hmm. And the kids can actually sit there and see exactly what it looks like to go through a regular business day, you know, from because we're very STEM oriented, you know, as far as science, technology, education and math. I will say STEAM now with the A is mm-hmm. uh, art. arts. Yep. With arts. So um, that is huge. Teamwork is huge. And the kids, when they come through our program, they are 98% they're going to graduate from high school and move on to try to be in one of the STEM programs. So teamwork's very huge. And, Alan, what are your thoughts there with respect to, you know, that team culture within workplace? I think it's great because when you have um, team members that are engaged and they're loyal to the company and they see that everybody's um, – 
not competing, but they're they're all uh, striving for the same purpose. And when you've got um, a, a team member that's dragging them down, if you got really strong team players, they're going to call them on it. And if they're not willing to step up, they're going to go to management. Hey, we need to keep you know cut Joe because he's dragging us down. We want to win, and Joe's not going to take us there. So I think teams are great. That's a, that brings up a really good point. I was actually thinking that, and you said it. When it comes to we have a really good hive culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if you get somebody that is going to be a negative or counterproductive in some way, the hive actually resists that infection. What are your thoughts there, Heather? I think that kind of speaks to the greater buy-in to the whole company and the vision and the purpose. Um, because if you're not engaged with the company and who you're working with, then it doesn't really matter if that guy's going off and doing what he's not supposed to do no but if you have that loyalty and you have that engagement and you don't want to just win in your role but you want the entire company to win then you're a lot more likely to call that out so kind of creates that tie to culture and teamwork because without that cultural buy-in of we're all a team here we're all here to do something that's bigger than just each individual person that other person will slack off and nobody will say anything. Well, and we just went to, so you and I, she, Heather's my business coach. We meet every mm-hmm. week. It's nice. super valuable. It's like if anybody's going into business as an entrepreneur or business owner, if you don't have a business coach, I'm telling you, you're missing a huge piece of what you need to be successful. But the mission, vision, and values. When she first asked me, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what that is. I don't know what, but it was, but she gave me the homework assignment to doing. It didn't take a whole lot of time, but re, I really honed in on that. And just this morning, when I, because I do a weekly meeting with the entire company, uh, Mondays at 9 a.m., and I actually went over that with them. And there was a lot of hearts, a lot of positive reactions to everything that's going on. But just to your point, it's that buy in. They feel like I'm part of something bigger. You know, it's like, uh, Gable, so if somebody, if a kid, if you were to tell a kid, hey, look, um, I want you to be a water boy for a football team, and you're going to do it for, you know, um, ABC football over here that beats on Saturdays. Or I want you to do it for the uh, the Dallas Cowboys, right? So, I mean, they would be super excited over the moon about Dallas Cowboys, right? Because they're <laughs> buying into something that there is a whole culture, right? Branding, mm-hmm. everything else, but there's this whole – or working for Google versus working for ABC Tech. It's just a huge buy-in on that. So there's there's excitement there. You you agree with that concept? And- I totally agree with that concept because we, you know, I we have our mission and our vision and even guiding principles, you know, where I work at for Big Brothers and Big Sisters and values. We have five values that we follow. Without those values, uh, that's how we keep our culture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, communication, commitment, fairness, um, learning, and sense of humor. Those are the five things that we have. And, you know, once we tell somebody that, even with the kids, we tell them the same. Um, they adapt to that. And uh, that's how we keep that hive, you know, when you talked about the hive, mm-hmm. uh, because it's, it's right. I mean, it, it's going to be like if you got a person with us, if you have somebody that's slacking off, uh, we're going to find a way to bring them in or either push them out. We, we show that with our kids, too. That's why with the community-based training, when that's one-on-one or with the workplace, uh, we instill our mission, vision, guiding principles, and our, our values. So, heck, yeah. 
You have something on that, Al? Yeah, and it just what you were all saying is that it's the leadership. Because if they see the leader is slacking off, then the rest of them are going to slack off too. But if they see the leader that you're striving, it's like, man, I want to be behind that guy. And there's someone slacking off going, hey, you're pulling us back. And like you said, the hive mentality. So if you got missions, values, and um, what's the third one? Mission, vision. 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 Yeah, sorry. Mission, value, and vision, and they see where they're going, they know where the end zone is, mm-hmm. and they know where they're going, then they're more um, apt to cut someone from the team if they're dead weight or they don't want to join on. And so it's like removing a cancer or someone from the team. So either you buy into the culture I mean, we told you right from the beginning that we here's our missions, values, and um, vision. And if you don't want to do it, then, you know, there's probably a great company for you. No hard feelings. This is where we're going. If you want to jump on that boat, this is where we're going. I think that's where leadership comes in, too, because right. leadership yeah. sets the pace to your point. But then layered leadership is also important because I was with the police department here in San Antonio for 24 years. I understand rank structure. I was also in the military. And when you have that immediate supervisor who's leading the charge and they're they're in it with the group, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have that lieutenant or that next layer of supervision where uh, the officer, so to speak, that is now uh, providing overall you know, structure, administrative support, but then also supporting the front line through the supervisory channels. When you have those kind of layers put in, which is where my company is at now, it's amazing to see how all that can work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Heather? Well, I think... When it comes to leadership, I usually, if I'm doing a training on coaching versus managing or something like that, I'll usually ask people, write down the teacher or the leader or the boss that you've respected the most, that you've really enjoyed and that you just, that you would say they're your best boss. And generally they're not your best friends, right? A lot of the times it's that teacher or the leader who came in and at first it was a little uncomfortable, but they shared the vision They held everyone to that vision and then they held everybody accountable in the exact same. Everybody seems to have this commonality as they knew where they stood with their leadership, whether it was middle management or top tier. They knew where they stood and they believed in where they were going. Um, And that leader always seemed to know that they could accomplish more than they even thought. So if you can have that buy in, that ability to share your vision, get people's buy in and more importantly, hold them to it, hold them accountable They love it. I mean, it's one of those things. You don't think it's comfortable until all of a sudden you're being held accountable and you're accomplishing more than you ever thought possible. And that's where people start to really like that structure of leadership. Yeah, there's a reason why (laughs) the military and the police department, just as examples, and really Mm -hmm. corporations are set up that way if they're set up properly, that they work. Mm. All right, so let's get into Uh, this. Can Uh, I just um, say one thing is also giving, so yeah, you got structure, but also give the employees um, uh, room to be successful. Give them the opportunities, the tools to be successful too. So it's not just, you know, cramming it down their throat. Here, we're going to give you the the tools so that you can um, grow and this is where, here's your path to become, you know, CEO, VP and all that. Yeah, there's always, and that's part of the discovery of the employee as well, mm-hmm. because what are their talents? I just got done telling my team this morning because, you know, we had somebody with really good gifts in a particular area that was like it kind of came to light. So I told the supervisors to go out and actually let's see what other, what else is out there that we can kind of bring in um, and go from there. But yeah, so that talent discovery is a fun part of the process. Yeah. Um, and as an employee, it's fun when people care about what gifts you have and how to utilize them. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's get into your segment. Alan, first up on the show is Alan Bayer, coach and consultant with the Who Am I Answer. Uh, you have a new book coming out 
called the Who Am I Answer? I'm guessing that's the... So what's the focus of your book? The focus of the book was... Um, it, it actually came about because I just hit a hard time in my life where I had these highs and then these lows. And I was tired of hitting the lows, and I just wanted some answers. And the answers came in uh, by way of assessments and with Myers-Briggs, Clifton Strengths, Colby Fascinate, and um, a, a number of others. And that's where I started to discover, wow, this is who I am. And I also learned what my weaknesses are. And I found when I was in the trough, when I was in the, my, in the low parts, is when I was um, practicing practicing or focusing on weaknesses, almost like being at a, a casino when, when you're losing and then you start dumping money in and you can't stop digging that hole. <laughs> and so I found out who I am with all these assessments. Some of it was, ah, I know who I am and this is great, um, but it was just reinforcement. Yeah, you are an extrovert. You do have a lot of energy. Yeah, you are you know, creative and you have all these ideas. Don't hide them, accentuate them. Yeah, I think that's something even, you know, as the kids are coming up, it's trying to find out what are they good at, focusing on that. Um, we all have to work through some of the bad things that we're mm -hmm. not good at. And some, that can be a great thing. Mm -hmm. I'm watching a thing on Michael Jordan right now, a Netflix special. He's such an amazing athlete, right? But he would focus on, you know, his deficiencies, but he used his talent. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, I totally agree with that because we – you know, I, I believe in focusing on your strengths, right? You focus on your strengths so you can strive and be better, and then you, you most definitely need to, whatever your weaknesses are, you need to fire up on those as well. I mean, we always at Big Brothers Big Sisters, and whatever I do personally, I always engage on strengths first so I can see exactly what I need to do so I can move forward, and then from there to critique myself to see what those weaknesses are. And there's a difference between focusing on strengths to improve them versus focusing on them as a like a beating yourself up kind of a thing. What are your thoughts there, Heather? Mm. Huh, I mean, focusing on strengths about beating like, or you mean beating yourself up over all your weaknesses? Yeah. So I think to to Alan's point, it, you know, he is all about focusing on the strengths, mm -hmm. um, and but you still also have to take into account the weaknesses to try and improve, but. Let's not stay there and beat ourselves up over it. That's what I mean. Oh, I mean, I feel like I have this conversation almost on the daily because <laughs> I feel like we tend to focus on our weaknesses, even at an unconscious level. It's like, oh, I didn't follow up like I thought, like I know I should. I know I should do this, but I consistently don't do it. So that makes me bad. And that's not the case. It is not intrinsically good or bad to not do these things. It's just you're not great at them and you may not like doing them. And focusing on your strengths to me is really identifying what it is that you're good at and leaning into that and acknowledging your weaknesses saying, yeah, I do have them. It doesn't make me a bad person, but if I'm not going to get it done, then how can I get it done? It may not be you doing it. I mean, that's half the conversations I have, right? Do you have to do this? Cause if you're not following up and you've not followed up and now it's six months down the road and that person is going to be a little weirded out if you call them six months <laughs> from when you met them, cause you've been procrastinating on it. Maybe we need to figure out a different way to get that activity done that you're just consistently dropping the ball on. So when you come in and you do these tests on a team, do you find that there are people in the wrong seats in roles like their personalities don't lend themselves to the job that they're supposed to be doing? I think that happens all the time, whether it's in businesses, whether it's in families, whether it's in, you know, wherever it is in, in couples and uh, and it's it's amazing when they when they focus on their strengths and they just shine, and mm -hmm. then when they're focusing the weakness, you can almost see them 
you know, huddled down like there's a thousand pound weight on them. And it's like, what if we took this load off of you? Okay, or let's let's find, you know, what are these areas we're noticing that you're not, uh, you're taking six months to follow up. We could do one of two things. We could either send you to classes on how to follow up or, you know, hey, Bob over here is incredible at follow up because of his talents and strengths in follow up. This is what he does. And, you know, we find that with the Colby assessment. He does great at follow up. He's not great at brainstorming. You are. So why don't we team like your team? Why don't we team you two up, and this is how we can make you know the two and rise up. One plus one doesn't equal two; it equals three. You're getting so much more out of them. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great point. When I started my business, my big thing was cold calling, right? Because I needed to get people to come on the show when it was a radio show. And I, even though it's a cool thing to offer, right? Hey, you want to come on the radio? And I got a lot of yeses. I still wasn't good at. It. And then the follow up, I, I didn't follow up. If, if if I didn't get through, or it was a no at that point, that was the end of it. But that was the first thing that I filled in my company was somebody to make those calls for me. And she's still with me a year later. She's my chief of operations now. So how does uh, that feel to you? Awesome. It, it, it was awesome to get it off my plate. And I, but mm-hmm. I've done that, and that's how I ended up at 27 or 28 employees. Now it's like getting things off of my plate so that I, we can move the, the business forward. Super important. And, and, you're, and you're still in business. So it's not like you yeah. handed it and off. I enjoy it's it. like, you know, in your plane crash, yeah. it actually rose up even better. So yeah. one plus one equals even 10, greater 000. than three. <laughs> yeah. I'd say 10,000 anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, your book, what was the inspiration for your book? So with the book was um, when I started doing this, I, you know, it felt like open heart and open brain surgery on myself without <laughs> anesthesia is I'm going, huh, I'm starting to see that other people could really use this. And and I started writing the book five different ways. I didn't like it. And someone said, who's your avatar? I'm like, what do you mean, the movie? He goes, yeah. if someone were sitting across from you, who would you want to be telling this story to? And I go, man, I would love to go back in time to my younger self and fix all those mistakes, mm-hmm. those bumps and bruises, all those wrong people I was with, all those, and just fix those. That would be great. And and so I wrote it, and I, you know, it starts out as, hey, Alan, so all of it is a series of letters to myself and just trying to fix, um, you know, what I would do going back in the past. So that's uh, all the way through. I have these letters to myself. The second part of the book is going through the assessments on how others can learn. But basically, I put myself out there. You know who I am when you read the book because you know that, um, you know, with Colby, I'm this score. With uh, Fascinate, I'm a maverick leader. With it's, uh, If anybody reads it, they're going to know who I am. I put myself out there just boldly and just bared myself with that. And you've got quite a few different tests on the book that you talk about that you use to find your clarity. Is this going to help someone decide which tests to take or will it lead them through the same journey that you took to kind of go through all of them? I think it's... they're, they all have their different nuances. You see a lot of um, uh, uh, crossover with them, mm-hmm. but then there's one. I just took the disc assessment. I didn't get a, um, I didn't get certified with disc, but I took it, and it gave me another nuance to it. I think it's like, okay, we're gonna make bread. Okay, and someone comes along with an assessment, flour, flour is the key thing that you need to make bread. So everybody goes out and buys flour, and all they do is make 
goop. And it's like, okay, sugar is what you need to make. And then everybody makes a sticky stuff. No, it's a combination of all of them to get a bread loaf. We're complicated people. You need all these different things to learn who you are. And I think they're all great. You know, one of them is on the sleep doctor. It's mm-hmm. like, wow. And he said, oh, when we did these old assessments, it was cutting out 10% of my audience, the insomniacs. And so that's what he focuses on. And I've got that chapter in my book, too. If you're not getting your sleep, we're kind of, uh, you know, dumb. And, and he kind of shows you how, here's how you make yourself um, operate at the best, is by, you know, focusing on your sleep. It, as you've heard of that phrase, don't try and put a square peg into a round hole. I've got that mm-hmm. Although I have seen too. a TikTok <laughs> where they put all different shapes into the same square the same hole, square. which is hilarious, right? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> but uh, so I, I think that's to the point is that when you, if you're trying to fit somebody to a job they're not designed for, that you're, it's going to create problems and it, it can affect the rest of the folks there. So, all right, if folks want to get your book, how do they do that? Where do they find it? They, well, it's on Amazon right now. It's on pre order for the ebook, but they can um, order the paperback on Amazon. And if you look up, and there's several different titles of Who Am I? So go to Who Am I, Alan Bayer, and then you will find, you know, this screen will pop up and they can order it. Um, the paperbacks, it's a little bit expensive um, because it's all in color. And that was because of all the assessments are color coded. And, uh, or they can go to my website, the whoamianswer.com, and they can download the digital version for $2.99. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks, Alan. I appreciate you coming in. Thank um, you. I'll look for my copy of the book when it comes out. <laughs> All right. Next up on the show is Ralph Gable Crowder, the Director of Community Engagement with Big Brothers, Big Big Sisters right here in South Texas. Gable, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Sharp Thank dresser, you. man. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about okay. your... Can, can you? Uh, oh, yeah. Would you mind? Uh, tell me about your logo. What's the? Oh, so the okay, shirt I got on is called uh, Real Men Mentor. So okay. we had a campaign because majority of the we need more men to mentor for us because the kids we got seventy percent of the kids are are, are little boys. So uh, we try to do campaigns to where that we show that we need men to be a part of what we got going on. Women they come like when it comes <laughs> to mentorship, caring. Women are always going to be there. It's myself, it's you, it's Alan. We we don't show up when it comes to mentoring. So uh, we have a campaign and we have a shirt that we wear. And uh, it's a conversation piece, too. When people see Real Men Mentor, and it, it comes with so many questions like, what do you mean, Real Men? What do you mean, you know, what are you looking for? And then I tell them, like, I am looking for men for the kids here in San Antonio specifically to be mentors because that's they we try to match up the kids that looks like the kids because that's what the parents want. We direct everything for what the parents want and need. And uh, if they say that I really want to have a mentor that looks like my son or looks like my daughter, we try to match them up like that. Are you talking about race, color, creed kind of race, thing? color, creed? Yeah, ethnicity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's it's all about what the parents want. But we try to. I mean, honestly, we try to match up the best fit when it comes to character. When it comes to like what can work for you. Um, right now, I'm matched up. My my little name is Jaden, and uh, his family is from Cameroon. His his father is in the United States Army. Um, but he was born and raised in Cameroon, Africa. So they specifically wanted me to come on for one because I'm military and I can get my ID to get on base. Yeah. <laughs> right? there you, go. you know, get back and forth on base. And then for two, to show uh, Jaden character. Well, let me rephrase that. Not character, but culture, American culture. Um, so, you know, I took him to his first uh, Chick-fil-A. Wow. <laughs> first time him to go Chick-fil-A. Oh. Um, I took him to his first Spurs game. Oh, wow. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But, but he is a soccer guy. So I went to... Uh, SAFC 
And he was just telling me everything about soccer. I'm talking about my little Jaden, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm not a soccer guy except for FIFA, what I played on video games, and trying to understand. And I love, for one, I like the team. I, we go regularly now. We try to go as much as we can. So it's not just being a mentor for him. He is showing me things as well. So heck yeah. Did you get a chance to meet Cody Carlisle the, on the Zoom? I, Did you I, guys connect? Because he's... He sells tickets for the San Antonio football. Well, no, no, I I never met him, but we do. But did you meet him on the the Zoom? Were you guys together on the Zoom? No, we we weren't. We weren't together on the Zoom. Well, he's Mm. coming in later today. I have to connect you guys because he sells tickets there. They do group stuff. Might be a a great connection for you. Yes, I would most definitely because through the Spurs give like we got a connection through them, and they're all Mm -hmm. within the Spurs and with um, SAFC. Yeah, Spurs owner. Yeah, so yeah, so it's. You know, it, it's a connection already. It's yep. probably another person because I do have two people that I coordinate with. Excellent. We'll okay. make it three. Make it three. So <laughs> why do you think it is that men aren't really, we're not stepping up to the plate as much mentorship-wise as maybe we should? Is it because we're busy? Is it because, I mean, what, what do you think the reason is? Well, the main reason is that men think that they can't do the job, they're too busy. Yeah. Uh, they think that they're not a, you know, they can't do the job of trying to, to, to work and handle other kids, right? So here in San Antonio, what, what I figured out is, uh, once again, we're back to culture, right? And here culturally, a lot of the cultures here is like, I don't need outside help to help me with my family. I got an uncle, I got a grandfather that can help me with mentorship. And uh, breaking down that barrier when it comes to me trying to talk to the father figures or the men in the families to let them know like, hey, big brothers and big sisters is here to help, not hurt to add on to their experience. And um, I think a lot of the issue is culturally, you know, they want to take care of their own and somebody outside like big brothers, big sisters going in there, they might feel offended. Um, But we show them statistics. We show them stats. Like um, if you get a mentor, um, you are 87% going to to pass to the next grade. Um, If you have a mentor in your life from big brothers and big sisters, eight, 98% you're going to graduate from high school. And like I, you know, like I was saying earlier, uh, we're a stern advocate about STEAM. It's STEM, but STEAM at net A. And uh, 47% of the kids, if they graduate from high school, are going to try to lean towards being STEM, you know, science, technology, and, you know, engineering, mathematics, because we lack that here in the United States as far as teachers and moving forward. Uh, so we have a lot of value uh, when it comes to how we provide mentors and how we set it up with them. So when it comes to the mentors you do have, because there are some men mentoring, oh, yeah. right? Is there a commonality on what does make a good male mentor in your program? Like what kind of traits would lean toward being a mentor? Yeah, um, empathy. Like that's a good Don't be a good sociopath. Trait. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't be a sociopath. Uh, but, you know, like empathy, uh, teamwork. Uh, we really, like I said, with our values, like what we have, like you really got to communicate with the families. Uh, you, you know, you got to learn as well. Be fair. Uh, humor is, is all within, you know, culture with kids. So uh, we try to provide all those. So with those five that we have in our company, we lean towards that. They get interviewed. Both does like mm-hmm. the, you know, the uh, mentor gets interviewed, the family, the, the, the parent and the kid gets interviewed. And we try to match them to make it as close as possible. Like with my match, me and Jaden, we love sports. Um, we love mathematics. Uh, we both loved food, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. that was a match. And then the the caveat of that was that um, I met his mom, you know, at one of the tabling events that I had. And she specifically said, like, are you a mentor yet? I'm like, no, I'm just waiting. I, you know, I just, you know, I was like, I'm, 
I'm waiting a little bit to see who was out there. So she specifically went to my company and asked, like, hey, Gable, the one that I met at the table, if he's not mentoring nobody. So it, pretty much the match was made, and that's how we tried to tend to when we uh, do um, interviews. We tried to match them up with the best possible match to educate them and to move them forward too. Let's talk real quick about the uh, the works or the workplace mentoring program. Yeah, tell me about that. Man, I love the workplace program. So it's workplace mentoring program. So that program is when we match up a school. We normally get a middle school and we match up a company. And uh, throughout the school year, um, one time a month, uh, we would bus the uh, kids to the company. So they, in turn, can we provide food with them and they do activities. And uh, those activities can be within whatever the company is. Like uh, right now for us, uh, we are matched up with uh, Jackson Middle School big brothers and big sisters mm. so they come and they see us and we show them what we do like i show them what i do uh we at petco they have you know they're part of our workplace as well i mean can you imagine the kids they go to petco and their corporate their corporate building is one of their corporate buildings is here that's what we go through so it's not petco the store ah. they're no, not it's, going it's, in like cleaning out yeah, hamster cages yeah they're not doing that but their corporation building is here locally and they have a slew of people that work there and they get to bring their pets in and stuff like that so when the I kids go there so. they yeah. <laughs> So the kids go there and they see that. There's different experiences. And they see leadership in, in the works. They see management. They see different type of culture things that they can, you know, It's got to be good for Petco, right? Petco. I mean, as far as, hey, mm -hmm. future employees or future executives, right? Yeah. I mean, that'll imprint. That'll last. Oh, yeah, that does last. And uh, the main thing is to try to, like I said, we try to match them up with kids that are in sixth grade. And it goes, you know, and they, and they stay with them sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. When they get to high school, that's when we, if we can't match them up with the workplace, that's when the community base comes in, that one-on-one -on -one mentorship, right? So if they're still with them, they can turn that around and get the parents more involved in, the, in that one-on-one. -on -one. Like what I do is that one-on-one -on -one with Jaden that I have, uh, it can turn into that. Because uh, this is my third match. Like my, The first time I ever did it was back in 2000 when I was in the military, how I came about, you know, big brothers and big sisters. So this program I truly believe in. Um, I believe in our mission. Our mission is great. You know, our vision is just strictly like taking care of kids. And those values I have, I, I have all the values that we have for Big Brothers and Big Sisters is great for me. And, you know, not not to turn this around from what we, you know, what we do with Big Brothers and Big Sisters, but just the conversation that we had, you know, as far as about what is corporations looking for, like what, you know, culture and stuff like that, like my main thing for me, the reason why I'm here now, even with you, Mark, and even with everybody here, is because of the values that I have towards the mission that I do with those kids. And I will talk all day and all night about trying to mentor kids and the reason and the values for that. So I love what I do. I mean, honestly, truly, I do love what I do as far as being a mentor. Yeah, which Real really fuels your energy. Mm -hmm. Real quick, do you mind sharing like the actual mission? Like, do you have it off the top of your head? Yeah. Oh, well, we so what I, I so we provide mentorship for kids between the ages of six and sixteen years old to make their lives better forever. Mm -hmm. Right. So that is our mission. Our vision is to straight up take care, to be able to take care of kids. Right. So and and it's just that that simple for us. But the main thing that honestly that really drives in everybody at our company and even the kids and everybody is those values that we have. So, you know, I, those are always stayed off the top of my head is that communication, that commitment, that learning, that fairness and the sense of humor, that humor factor. Well, and I think when when people hear mission, vision, values, like they think it's like a buzzword, like for marketing. 
I have to have my mission, vision, values. And I think the authenticity and a mission, vision, values that resonates, it doesn't need to be buzzy. That's what people buy into because that's what you've bought into. And Mm -hmm. it's what allows you to facilitate this goal that you have to help kids. So. Well, we ran out of time fast. It's like a fast 35 minutes. If folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, www.bigmentor.org. That is our website. And uh, once you get on our website, it will most definitely show and you can find whatever needs that you need. The families need to sign up or to be a volunteer. Thank you very much, Gabriel. I appreciate that. All right, as we wrap up the show, quick reminder to check out our latest podcast or catch a video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for uh, this one anyway. You guys have a great week. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Thank you. Well Thank done, you. everybody. Mm-hmm.